Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Welcome one and all to the Dukes of Gaming podcast. Thank you for choosing to hang with us for the next hour and some change as we take you into the world of video games. You can find us on your favorite podcast service. Watch us live on Twitch. You can find us on YouTube. Watch us later as well. Whatever floats your gaming boat. And as always, I have the pleasure of being joined by my fellow Dukes of Gaming, but also a special guest. We have Mr. Dave Jackson from Tales of the Backlog. How are you doing today, sir? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Glad to have you, man. Glad you can join us. Yeah. Yeah, it's been way too long. Yeah, that's right. Alfredo was on my show like like nine months ago or something like that. Oh, so it's good yeah. to uh, to finally make this happen. Yeah, circle back. We played The Messenger. Forgot yeah, how good of a game that was. And good ass game. Yeah, hey, I'm Dave, not mad at you for making me play it. So and Dave is helping me. He's helping me hold down the '80s too. He's an '80s. That's right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's, a, it's a '90s versus '80s thing going right. on. I guess me, you were, me and Alfredo on the bottom too. Yeah, With your Nickelodeon shirt, how how'd that go? How you already know. And joining me, of course, is my fellow Dukes of Gaming. First and foremost, we have our Nintendo hater that plays all of his games on the hardest mode. He is the Duke of Education, Alfredo. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I'm also really happy that I got to go before uh, before Cole. So continuing the streak of being introduced almost first, guest first, <laughs> but, you know, I'll take a close second. Well, you only got it. Because we're 90s and we have to be together. We have, <laughs> okay, to, we have well, to band together. I'll take that. That's fine. But second foremost, he is our law expert, headband expert, business expert. But more importantly, he is the Duke of Rocket League, Cole. It's been a while. How are you doing today, sir? Can't claim that title anymore. I'm, 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 I'm retired. <laughs> I'm so bad at Rocket League now. Like I can't even believe it. I played, I played yesterday for the first time and it's bad, y'all. I don't even want to just take my title away from him. He, he's he's the Duke of to be determined. Duke of yes. babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we have to start this podcast with the age old gamer question. Of course, that question is, what have we been playing this week? I'll go first because I haven't been on in a while. I've had you know some stuff going on, but I'm here now. It played a Good amount of games since then. Um, one's not on the list, but two, we're going to talk about one for the main topic. One that I'm not going to talk about today because we're going to also have a spoiler cast really soon. When is that, Alfredo? It is going to be released next week uh, for A Plague's Tale Requiem. Yes, what? Requiem. Can't say the word. Requiem. But... Like, rec like Requiem <laughs> for a dream. Oh, what's that movie? A rec for a dream? What is it? I think yeah. it's that. Requiem for a yeah. dream. Yeah. Yes. Dave yeah. can say it, see. <laughs> definitely definitely not as good of a game as that movie is a movie. Ooh. Oh, we're going to have but, fighting words. But, ooh, but look, <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great movie. That's a great movie. And it's a great game. Spoiler we, alert. Great we, game. <laughs> we shall have a very vibrant debate so make sure you stay tuned for that debate next week but um i'll hold my thoughts on that all i'll say about that game is it is very hard playing that game at the same time as playing the other game i've been playing but we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit the game i do want to talk about extendedly right now is bayonetta 2 not 3 i thought about buying bayonetta 3 
And I said, there's no way I can justify paying $60 for a game that I haven't played the predecessor to. Okay, that's fair. I thought you were going to go another way and be like, I can't support, I don't even know, the voice actor's name or whatever. I, ju- I jumped off that train as soon as the receipts were <laughs> provided. But mm-hmm. um, no, nothing like that. Um, I am going to buy it at some point. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but I am going to at some point play Bayonetta 3 based on the experience I had with Bayonetta 2. So I, I played Bayonetta 1 a long time ago, played it multiple times since then, loved the game. But I didn't have a Wii U for a long time, so I wasn't going to buy Bayonetta 2. Wait, this game was only on the Wii U? For a very long time. For a while, yeah. Exclusive to the day. Oh, yeah, it's like one of the four Wii U games. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> ever to ever existed. <laughs> so I had gotten the Bayonetta collection on Switch about... I got it the same day that Black Panther 1 was released, so whenever that was. Very specific, but go on. <laughs> I literally bought it that same night. Um, and I played through Bayonetta 1 again, had a great time. Started Bayonetta 2, but never went through it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to actually get through this game. And my God, this game feels like such a big expansion of the first one. And even though it's, you know... At this stage, almost 10 years old, like it looks really good for a Wii U era game. The art design is impeccable. The combat is impeccable. The story is shit. Not gonna <laughs> miss words about that. The story is <laughs> not the best Loki I've encountered in video games this week for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, I love this game. Like I mm-hmm. really do think that Bandit 2 is one of the better action fighting um 3d fighting action i forgot i don't know what that genre is specifically called character action thank yeah. you thank you mm-hmm. sir character action yeah the devil may cries of the world mm-hmm. um even something like um even something like strangers of paradise i guess kind of like now you're bit. talking crazy well they are very same games i yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. definitely so, cry yeah i, I think that something like strangers of paradise neo is the evolution of that genre mm-hmm. bayonetta 2 is definitely more so a throwback of this and man like it's just a great game highly recommended if you own a switch or a wii u if you own, if you own a wii u sound upgrade yeah but, <laughs> but if you do happen to own a wii u nothing else just know you do have a single great game on here so enjoy it dave you played bayonetta 2 from yeah i played all three now yeah Bayonetta oh. 2 is my favorite by far. By far really? my favorite. Yeah. It, so, it's, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, it, it's it's like he was saying. It's it's the action is like incredible in Bayonetta 2. The story is is dog shit crazy, but like, I don't know how in you feel. Way? Like in my opinion, it's a that's a good it's a good bad story. Yeah, I enjoyed my time with it the whole yeah. way. It's, oh, so but it's I can recognize story. it's horrible. No, 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 no. Come on, there's some, there's good anime. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, it felt like horrible anime. It felt like, yeah. have you ever seen Records of Ragnarok? Yes, yes, I have. It's, it's like bad. that level of storytelling to me. But I enjoyed that anime. Yeah. Because it's just batshit insane. Mm-hmm. That's insane how Bayonetta like should it. be. Yeah. Right. And I, I heard three kind of goes into a different direction. It's, so, Yeah. I don't want to turn this into a Bayonetta 3 like bashing. I just beat it like a week ago though, oh, so my too. feelings are still fresh. <laughs> that game is 
you may maybe like give yourself some space after Bayonetta two. Wait for a sale on Bayonetta three because it's not coming. I, it's on not that coming. switch. Never it's, gonna happen. I mean, it's like it's um the the parts where you're playing as Bayonetta, fighting as Bayonetta, are still really fun, really really fun. But that's like thirty percent of that game, and that is that ratio is a terrible ratio for a Bayonetta uh, game. You know what I mean? Yikes. So I wasn't in the marketing. No, nope. no. We all we all got swept up in the voice acting uh, controversy, and then like the game dropped, and everyone's like, "I'm going to go buy Bayonetta three now because you know." Principle. They yeah, they pulled out the receipts. Uh, she got caught in her lie. I'm going to buy that game, and then it's uh, it's it's pretty rough. I'll be honest with you. Man, okay. Yeah. Dang. So give yourself the right space. choice. Yeah, give it a give it a wait for a sale. I think. Yeah, I I will. I um. I'm looking, I definitely feel like I do need to take some time before I play another, even another game in that genre. Mm-hmm. I'm good for one of those a year. <laughs> yeah. Cause you have, it's, it's not turn your brain off per se, but it's just let your instincts take you. Yeah. That's how those games kind of operate. So I only really play one of those per year. This year happened to be in there too. Glad I did. I honestly feel like this has a case to be made of it being the best like character action game of all time. Really, I think it's on that short list. Like there are a lot of yeah, there are a lot of games on that list. You know, like I'm sorry, this game is better than Devil May Cry three. Have you got? That's what I was about to ask. I because I haven't played it. I've only played Bayonetta one, which I never really got into because I played it like ten years after it actually came out, and I never finished it. But is Bayonetta two better than? Have you guys played like Devil May Cry five, for example? Because that's a good. I played through half of that game and. It's not a disservice to that game. I didn't play. I played it on PS4. <laughs> and then once it got the PS5 upgrade, like lizard brain me was like, well, I don't want to play it anymore. It <laughs> that's the only way I played it. So that's why I'm asking. So, so from what I played of that game, I prefer Bayonetta 2. Yeah. But if I played that on PC at like 120 frames per second, maybe that would change my point of view. Mm-hmm. I doubt I'm ever going to do that. So right yeah. now, Bayonetta 2 for me is the number my favorite of these character action games and i think yeah is on the short list for the greatest of them of all time that's yeah. what it says on the wikipedia article <laughs> <laughs> i think uh <laughs> i think for me 1a 1b is is bayonetta 2 and metal gear rising which is also platinum games oh, same company right. that game rules that it's game. so good um, about game. and near automata also platinum games but the the combat scaled back quite a bit in that game that's not why you're playing that game yeah, you, know. you want the story, the world building, all yeah. that. Yeah, I, I do have a question. Is that near a uh, replicant on your sh- on your shelf? Oh, it uh, it is. I just picked that up. I'm gonna play it soon for my show. Yeah. Whoa, yeah, you I guys have some eagle eyes over yeah, here. I, like, Cole is, I, got, I, got, I can't drive a mirror in here. What's going on? I, I was <laughs> trying to figure that out. I was trying to figure out what that game was. That PS4 <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not near replicant. I'm not I even trying to zoom in for no reason. I'm not, like, I, I, when I see That's some anime, I'll scope it out. I see That's Kobe true. I, I'll too. never question your credentials again, sir. He was like, locked in. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. That's that's all I've been playing that I could really talk about. I am embargoed for the rest, so. I will give it to our special guests. Um, go ahead, Dave. What have you been playing this week? Yeah, so I've been playing a couple things uh, for my show. I've been playing Final Fantasy IX. Oh, it is my second yes. time playing that show. Yes. Um, it won a vote for what uh, what game is going to be on the show. Yeah, so uh, I did not like that game the first time I played it, which was maybe three or four years ago. I like it a lot more this time. And I think I'm just like, 
in a better headspace to just kind of s- slow down and take in the story because that's the kind of game where like you know those old jrpgs like if you're not if you're not into the story like a lot of those games mechanically are pretty old at this point um the story and the characters are resonating with me a lot more uh this time so final fantasy 9 i'm playing the original metal gear solid for the first time um yeah first time as i had a uh, i had a playstation when i was a kid but i only played spyro for like a year and then we got rid of it uh so i missed all playstation until ps4 basically so yeah so i'm playing the original metal gear solid and this happens to me every time i boot up a game from like before 2006 basically where this is before controls became standardized you know and i boot up this game and i'm like how do I even move in this game? How do I shoot? What is shoot square in this game is shoot a gun. Uh, so it's a little bit of a, an adjustment. But once I got used to that, like you can get used to weird controls. Like we're, we're adults. We can handle it. And um, I'm really liking it. It's it's uh, like I, I like how just over the top and stupid and not really taking itself too seriously. It is the only other Kojima game I've played is Death Stranding uh, before. I dude, I love that game. Yeah. So yeah, I loved it. Um, but yeah, Metal Gear Solid. I'm having a good time. Um, I was it's a pleasant surprise because I don't often like uh a lot of older games. Um so you missed out on all of PS2, PS3 generation? Yeah. Yeah. What, if what, it, what were you doing? Where were you at? <laughs> I, I was I was playing Xbox and Nintendo. Oh, oh no. like, I couldn't well, I couldn't Nintendo's afford fun. all the consoles. Gosh, so so. The PlayStation 2 was a massive one to miss out on. Yeah, I That's know. Crazy. And I only I only got into that stuff late, like like real late. Like Damn. the only PS2 games I got to play were stuff that my college roommates had, basically. Mm-hmm. So like Final Fantasy X and like Guitar Hero. That's basically it. You were what on you, that. What you about to say, Thomas? What, what was your dig about yeah, the what was <laughs> what? I, I, I just maybe I'm gonna throw this out there, like. Are you really missing much of PlayStation 2? Oh my god, seriously, oh, dude, oh are you missing god. much? Like, what Kingdom games Hearts. from PlayStation 2 are we actively playing? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you missed the whole GTA series because it wasn't on Xbox, okay? That's a fair one, yeah. maybe San Andreas. No, it, it was on Xbox, yeah. Oh, San Andreas yeah. and Vice City were for sure on Xbox, but GTA, GTA 3 and Vice City were exclusive. Like, the GTA 3 was, was a launch solely on, on PlayStation, and so was Vice City for a while. I don't think it launched day and date on Xbox. What? Oh, and, all I'm saying, and you miss Final Fantasy 10, mm-hmm. and you miss Final Fantasy 10 too. Just kidding. Uh, hey, Alfredo, let's it, not say things we can't solid. take back, man. Final Fantasy. Oh, he's 10. been. Oh, he's been on this train oh, for a yeah. while. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm on. I'm. I'm the conductor on the train. <laughs> okay. All right. He is leading that hate campaign for Final Fantasy. I've I tried to talk him out of it because look, I'm the Cole is on the side of it's one of the greatest games of all time. I'm in the camp of I have a really Wait, good memory of about? it. MGS two? Final Fantasy ten. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I and I'm on the camp of I played it a long time ago and had a good experience. And I feel like if I go back to it, I might be on Alfredo's side. So I refuse to do it. Okay. Alfredo. <laughs> okay. Well, uh Final Fantasy ten, that's my favorite Final Fantasy game of the of the <laughs> like I think I've played uh, like nine or ten of them at this point. It's no. It's my favorite. Which which one's your is your favorite? Like ten yeah. is your favorite in mm-hmm. terms of the world, or is it the characters as well, or just everything? I think uh, I think the story and uh, 
I think it undeniably has the best turn-based combat in the series. Oh my god! Okay, one of these days, guys. That is one a, of these days. You know what? That's not, I don't think that's even controversial. I, I do like Ten's actual combat a yeah. lot better. Yeah. Because I've I never I love Seven, but I've never loved Seven's like combat. Yeah. It's standard. Right? From, like, from I like just, nines uh, a lot. Nines yeah. is cool, but not more than tens. All the way up until the ten, it's basically the same combat in every game, except right. for eight, because eight's doing the the weird stuff. Um, the but, R one trigger button. <laughs> but but yeah. uh, this is crazy. I'm not gonna go into this right now because we got a show to do. But yeah, yeah. one of these days, first of all, one. I'm sorry, but you're in color wrong. And two, <laughs> one of these days, we need to do some sort of like Final Fantasy X debate because this is getting ridiculous. Well, no, no, okay. well, I will say this. You are you're in the minority on this because Final Fantasy X <laughs> is, honestly, it's ranked, Metacritic's 92. It's the second best Final Fantasy game. All I'm saying is, okay, question. I know like, there's it's three people. Like you haven't played it for a while, but Dave, when was the last time you played it? Have you played it for your show? Not for my show yet, but I did play it like two years ago. Yeah. Okay. You I should say the number one. Though, the it number only one. it only reinforced you, my opinion that it's my two favorite. Two years is yeah <laughs> is pretty recent actually. Um, I think, we'll talk. We'll talk. I'll yeah. give you a win on this though. This will be the last thing I say. The number one game on Metacritic, the number one Final Fantasy game is is nine. Well, mm. yeah, because it's well fair enough. Um, the uh, the last. The last game that I got is um, one that Alfredo said he never heard of, so I got to explain. Uh, it's Hard Space Shipbreaker. So the rest of you guys heard of this? No? Okay, it's on Game Pass. So if you got Game Pass, you can hop in. Um, what it, it's a it's a first person. It's like a it it looks like a first person shooter, but all you're doing is using a cutting tool and like a gravity gun to take apart spaceships. And it's got this uh, kind of sci-fi corporate dystopian setting. Uh, your character basically signs over their consciousness to work off their debt. They're put inside this robot body. And they, you go out and you, you get a ship and you, you bring up your scanner and you look at all the points where you make cuts. And you systematically, like over the course of like an hour, hour and a half now with these advanced ships, you take these ships apart. And it is the most like soothing like relaxing game except every now and then you have explosive decompressions and fire hazards and nuclear reactor meltdowns uh because you got a little careless with the cutting tool uh, you know so it's one of those it's turned into like a um i want to play a game and listen to a podcast it's like a perfect game for that because you're focusing on your cuts and like moving around and stuff but other than that, there's not like, there's not a story that you need to be paying attention to. Um, you can turn the game music down and turn up a podcast. It's really good. Like, I find this game infinitely satisfying. And it's like, it's weird to say that like, I'll come home from work and then go to work in this game. But it's like, <laughs> really relaxing. I really, really like it. It sounds very much like a, a power wash simulator kind of say, experience. I was just yeah, about to say that. Yeah. Kind of the same. It's it's probably less relaxing than power wash simulator because in power wash you don't have like like I said explosive decompressions. Right. But <laughs> other than sounds that, <laughs> yeah, it is uh, it is super relaxing. I dig it. Okay, it definitely sounds like. Uh, have you ever played well power wash simu simulator, but also like PC building simulator, car building me mechanic? It sounds like one of those sim games. Is it, or are you literally just taking apart the spaceships? 
No, it's all you're doing is you get spaceships of like increasing complexity. So like the yeah, yeah. the first spaceship you get is all just like cuts and pieces and no hazards whatsoever. And then they slowly build up the complexity until like the level that I'm at now, which is like maybe two thirds of the way through the game. This the ships are really complex, and you have to be really careful um, to not cause some kind of explosion and damage the pieces and stuff. Yeah. So it that like kind of cool. relaxes me while at the same time activating like problem solving brain. So mm-hmm. I'm having a really good time with it. I love that. I yeah. I saw that on Game Pass. Like I saw mm-hmm. the. I just googled it and I see the picture and I've yeah. seen that picture definitely when I scroll Game Pass. So I'm. I might just download that. It looks like something right up my alley. I love Power Watch Simulator. If this wasn't yeah. such a good year in game, Power Watch Simulator would be a top five game for me. But <laughs> yeah. um, but I had a yeah, good time with that one too. Yeah, only uh, only buyer beware thing with Hard Space Shipbreaker is it's a zero G all the time. Uh, so you're like constantly like moving on all these axes, and then you can rotate your character. And if you get motion sickness from zero G stuff in games, it might kick in. Uh, so it gets me sometimes, and I have to take a break, but it's worth it. It's really good. We, we're VR, we're VR vets. I okay, think we'll, so you're good. I think we'll yeah. be good. I think we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. Well, good. That's a great list of games. I didn't really get much to talk about Metal Gear. I'm um, just question. What are you playing that on? Um, emulating the original PlayStation version. Gotcha. Any mods, or just playing it straight up? Nope, nothing. Um, if I'm gonna go back and play, like an old console game and cause it's for my show. I want to, I'm trying to give like a critical, you Authentic know, experience, look yeah. at it. So I don't want to mod it up um, just for that. Respect to that. Well, Fair. good luck with that. I love that game. I haven't played it in a while, so I definitely might have to tune in for that. Yeah. That's, um, that's going to be coming in maybe February. That episode will be out. So yeah. And where can we find that episode at? That's on my podcast tales from the backlog, uh, which is found wherever you listen to podcasts. And it is a great show. Um, right. Can you can you actually describe your show? What oh, you sure. Well? Yeah. Um, so Tales from the Backlog is uh, most of the time every week is focusing on one game and we deep dive it. And the thing about my show is that we deep dive it with no spoilers for quite a while. First hour, uh, hour and a half sometimes in episodes, there's absolutely no spoilers because I want people to be able to listen and hear what makes a game special what makes a game worth playing or not worth playing sometimes um, without being spoiled um, and having to worry about that. And then every episode I mark in the show notes, a very specific timestamp where the spoilers begin. So after that point, it's fair game. We, you know, take the gloves off full spoilers, but before that it's um, absolutely spoiler free. So yeah, every episode is a different game. And then sometimes there's topic discussions and stuff because uh, I can't beat five games a month. That's insanity. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Let me yeah. ask you this. Are there any parameters for how you choose your games? It's um, now that I have a Patreon page going, sometimes I do votes uh, for what games, but the games are all games that I want to play. And most of the time, there's stuff that's in my backlog already. Uh, aside from, you know, stuff like the game we're talking about today, Ragnarok, that was a uh, automatic and it's like uh you know i want to play ragnarok so i'm just going to buy it play it and then i'll do an episode about it later like it's like that so i'm not really going through um like any lists or really beholden to anybody else it's uh it's all stuff i want to play 
Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Any Duke that's listening, make sure you check out Tales of the Backlog. That's true. And if you want a good place to start, like I said, you go find my episode um, on The Messenger, and Alfredo was on that episode. I definitely have to check that one out because I love that game. So good to hear. Speaking of Alfredo, what have you been playing this week, sir? Uh, I've been busy with uh, God of War Ragnarok, which we'll talk about in a bit, but I finally also went back to this game that I have not beaten, a little game called Horizon Forbidden West, which, as you guys know, is the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. I think that's what it's called. Um, But yeah, so all the way back in January, I decided to play the first one and the second one back to back, uh, and I, I just fell off of it. As you guys know, um, it's not that I didn't like it. I loved it. Everything about it was great. I just, you know, Elden Ring came out and then my life was over pretty much. Everybody's um, life was over when that yeah. came out. Yeah, and then I just never got back by it. I did get like 20 hours into it. And then after that, I just fell off the train. So finally, finally, this past week, I got back on the train, decided to start this game back up. And I'm really, really enjoying it. I, the first thing I noticed is that I, I was immediately reminded how beautiful this game is. I really don't think there's another game out there that like even compares maybe Last of Us, like part two, but like they're so different because Horizon for Brendan West is like all about the vibrant, beautiful tropical rainforest kind of colors. Um, so it is, it's just beautiful. The only um, thing, I, the only thing I'll say to that, I, I do agree with you. The problem I have with the visuals of that game is, is like, what's the color palette? And the answer is yes. Like that's, <laughs> <Same thing. laughs> it's like, like that game is so colorful all the time. That's a great thing. Well, for me, here's I we'll get to it in our next topic. Mm-hmm. But I do think there is an art to using a color palette selectively in certain areas. And I feel like Horizon, for better or for worse utilizes its color palette in every single frame at every single time in the game yeah yeah that's definitely true the artist had a field day with just what they were able to do in this game and i i think it's what makes the game shine um just because you know the well yeah one of the reasons why i did fall off the game was even though it's a great game it's a great sequel the story is not enthralling like i want a narrative driven game to be you know you're in this huge open world and there's just so many things to do this game i talked about it so many times where this game would benefit so much from like a monster hunter world type uh of experience uh where it's literally monster hunter but you're just hunting about robot dinosaurs because this is the best like i have so much fun just hunting dinosaurs for different parts and stuff so i love doing that and taking parts in the different hunts and stuff the story though is kind of it it feels like the second part of a trilogy is the problem like it doesn't feel like uh it's not urgent enough to like stand on its own it it kind of feels like yeah we're doing this as like an in-between like this isn't going to be the conclusion i haven't even finished the game but But, it feels like that but the pro the the thing i have a problem with because i do agree with you but when I think of some of the greatest like movie trilogies of all time, the second movie is usually the best one. You think like this is not controversial, but Lord of the Rings, I feel the two towers best one. 
I feel like the Empire Strikes Back is the best of that. I feel like the Dark Knight's the best out of that. I feel like Godfather Part Two is like you know you can go really far down. Like the second one is usually when you are at the apex of your story. I feel like with this, it's a step back. Yeah, from Zero Dawn's story. Yeah, just a little bit. Just Not yeah, just much. Like they're on to me. They're on the same level. Just one's on maybe a step higher. Just one step higher yeah. than Zero Dawn is. Yeah, I agree. But the gameplay improvements that they did add for Forbidden West, like, definitely take it above and beyond. It just feels like, you know, okay, I'm playing the second game. It feels like a continuation of Horizon, you know, uh, Zero Dawn, just with, you know, better gameplay mechanics. Everything that I wanted is just not like, oh, chef's kiss. But I feel like, I feel like I'm nitpicking on it, you know, to the point where, like, this is a great game. I'm having a lot of time with it, and I will finish this game in time for uh, Game of the Year discussions. So hopefully the ending, it sticks its landing, and maybe I'll sing praises about it over another game that we're going to be talking about in a little bit. But yeah, getting through that game will be done soon. Nice. Let me ask you, like, so I played... um... Zero Dawn. Yeah, I played that. I haven't played Forbidden West yet. Um, is the open world like more interesting to explore in Forbidden West than the first game? Because that that was definitely. Yeah, one of the things I like. I like the first game a lot, but I almost thought that that didn't need to be an open world game because it was just empty. Um, and I was wondering about the sequel because I've heard that it improves a lot of that stuff. Yeah, it does, and actually. You just reminded me because where this game does shine is in its side quests. Like Ooh. this is the best side quest I and this that I have ever experienced in a game, hands down, over The Witcher 3, which Damn. was previously what I said was Ooh. the best. And the side quests take you out to different parts of the open world that you don't get to touch on in the main quest and and you get into all of these different interesting parts of the world that you otherwise would have kind of just bypassed. So I think definitely. But to further answer your question, don't go into this game expecting an open uh, open world with secrets around every corner like Elden Ring might have. Okay. So it's not on that level. Well, you're going to have secrets. or You're going to have stuff around the world. But yeah. you're going to know that it's around. You're going to know exactly. where it is. Where exactly. Elden Ring is like you will literally stumble upon things in Elden Ring. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. way but more yeah. paid by numbers. It definitely feels lived in, which is a huge plus and credit to the game, as opposed to the first one where I was feeling the exact same as you, okay. where I didn't think it needed all of that. But this game, this game has it. And, and yeah, and, I'm not mad about it. And you okay. get a glider. You Ooh. do. You get a Breath of the World <laughs> wild glider. In Breath of the World. <laughs> <laughs> Breath of the Horizon. But Cole, yeah, good game. what have you been playing this week? I have been playing the biggest release of the week, Sonic Frontiers. It's Ooh. here, y'all. It's here, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> How is it, Cole, so far? It's pretty good. I, honestly, I played um, two or three hours. I played with my kids. This was like one of my, both my little boys love Sonic for whatever reason. I don't know. I'm not even a Sonic fan, really. But um, How dare you? I mean, I'm just not. I don't know. I was always a Mario guy. I thought everybody was a Sonic fan. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean, I was. Like, Sonic Adventure was incredible on Dreamcast. I remember when that came out, it was like the most next-gen thing I had ever seen in my life. 
like the, that, it was the, the Ragnarok of his time. Yeah, that that stage where the, the Free Willy, where the uh, killer whale jumps oh, over. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, I was blown away. Oh, no, the best. You remember uh, City Escape off Sonic Adventure Two, oh, yeah. where he's running through the city and the, yeah. the City Escape songs playing. Yep, that was next. That was next. God, it was so next. Gen. The, uh, we have gone so far <laughs> off the beaten path of where Sonic could have been 3D wise. Is Sonic Frontiers? a return to maybe the potential of what 3D yeah, Sonic could be? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Like, the open world is cool, and it has, like, I, I read a lot of the early reviews, and they were talking about, like, this Tony Hawk-style feel and, like, a flow to the gameplay. And and it is. It's like that. The open world is awesome. And then you go into, like, these, um, you get sucked into the cyberspace or whatever, and you go into these little mini levels, and, and they're okay. They're pretty cool. I don't. I didn't think they were... They seemed to me, they felt like a one of those apps, the little running apps, those in, those uh, runners where you switch lanes, you know, mm-hmm. oh, uh, like Temple Run or something. It kind of felt yeah. like that. Like you don't really have the same control over Sonic. You just you just swap whichever lane you're in. So that's you know, funny. They actually made a Sonic Temple Run game. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but the open world is pretty awesome. I mean, ex- ex- uh, exploring and doing figuring out ways like you look at the world and you try to figure out ways of like really sonic never really felt like platforming to me i don't know it's more i don't know it just felt like a just go kind of game um but it's pretty cool like trying to figure out how to platform and how to get to these different these different places up in the air and these loops and everything um but yeah i don't know it's pretty it's pretty good i was more hyped for it than Let's just say I was a little bit, little bit disappointed because for some, for whatever reason, that last week I got really hyped for this game. Didn't um, deliver. <laughs> yeah, well, it, let me ask it was you. Okay, though. No, it, I mean it was. It was. I'd say it was like satisfactory. Well, let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you the same question that Dave just yeah. asked me of Horizon. How is the actual world? Does it feel empty, or does it feel like yeah. oh, there's actually secrets around every corner? No, I mean it feels kind of empty. It, okay. you know what it feels like, Dave. You'll appreciate this. It's you like it feels like it feels like someone modded Death Stranding and put this game in Death Stranding. Like the mm-hmm. world reminds me of Death Stranding. Yeah, like the very huh. the, when, when you first get control of Sonic, it's like rainy and the world's got that <laughs> Death Stranding look. Uh, it's strange, <laughs> but I kept thinking, Sonic. "Wow, this is weird." Death I feel like Death, Death, Death Stranding. <laughs> You just gave me an amazing idea. Is we need Kojima to take over the Sonic franchise and see what happens there. Yeah. I think I think Kojima begin his lawsuits ready for them taking his open world from him. It feels like it feels like someone just laces like uploaded like you know Sonic elements into Death Stranding and just let people take off with it. But yeah, it's it's okay. The funny so thing then, is, that there's definitely been worse Sonic games. So that, that seems no, like I, I honestly think like it's a return to form than, for sure. Like uh, I'm being a little too hard on it. It's pretty awesome. And the only reason I quit playing it is because I got Ragnarok and I started playing that, which came out like a, the what a day and a half later or something, or two yeah, days so, later, I believe. So. so what you're saying is that people who like Death Stranding, because you didn't like Death Stranding, right? No, no, I wouldn't say that. I did actually. I want to go back to it. I actually did kind of, I did like it. Okay. I just fell off the boat for whatever reason. But you don't like Sonic in Death Stranding. No, I do like Sonic. Like, this is the thing. Like, <laughs> I Death like Stranding. the game. It just feels like Sonic in Death Stranding. That means right. Would you like say it. it's like a three out of five? Was that a fair rating? I feel that? like I can't give it a rating yet. I've honestly okay. only played like <laughs> two hours, two, three hours. Mm. So, like, I'm not ready. I'm going to check back in next week. Let's just say that it was satisfactory. 
and it, it is what it is. It's not, it doesn't feel that special, but I do think it's a return to like greatness for Sonic. I think it's the right direction. I got, I got one more question before we get to our main topic. Is there any sightings of Shadow the Hedgehog in this game? No, I've been looking. <laughs> That's heartbreaking. Yeah, I feel Alfredo. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen Shadow the Hedgehog and anything Sonic related. Yeah, I feel like, me too. I feel like they might. He? I feel like they no, might he was have in the sequel. He was in the movie. Was in I was going to ask, was he even in the sequel, oh, like the movie? I didn't. No, 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 no. He wasn't. No, no. I'm sorry. I was thinking Knuckles. I'm sorry. So oh, Shadow's not. Dang. Yeah, yeah. I feel One like they might have gave up on that character. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be. He'll be around. He'll be around. Hopefully, but you know what is around is our first impressions. For God of War, Ragnarok, the new God of War two. <sighs> Who wants to go first? Obviously, let's set some parameters up first. This is going to be a spoiler-free discussion in regards to story. I feel the gameplay changes we can kind of talk about, but we have to be very, you know, careful depending on how far we are. Um, and then also, I feel like full spoilers for God of War 1 should apply. Like, come on, like, it's it's been almost five years. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard not to talk about at least the ending to that game, to have any conversations about this game. So those fair parameters, everybody yeah. good? Yeah. So first off, let me just, I'm going to go around the, the round table. Everybody playing on PlayStation 5? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, how far is everybody? Alfredo, how far are you? I am 15 hours in. Ooh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You guys know I'd be gaming. <laughs> uh, I see. Um, Cole, how far are you into this? Probably game? about two, two, three hours. Three hours. Okay. Dave, how far are you? Maybe nine or 10. Okay. I think I'm around where you're at, Dave. Yeah. I think I'm around nine or ten hours in. The thing mm-hmm. is, though, I might actually be around you guys because I've been doing all the side quests. Okay, we'll we'll talk at, off camera. We'll, yeah. we'll see where we're at story wise. Yeah, but um, just initial impressions. Um, I'll go last. Dave, why don't we start with you since you are a special guest? Um, sure. What are your initial thoughts? Just in a you know brief summary, so we can just go around. Like, what are your initial thoughts on God of War Ragnarok? Yeah. So. The, the main thing, like immediately noticeable as soon as you start playing, is that it feels pretty much like I remember 2018 feeling. Um, like, and I haven't played that since 2018, I think it was, 2019 maybe. Um, I haven't played it since then. But I would be shocked if my memory is just failing me and it's not, you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I had a feeling. So it's like, it it feels like, less of a sequel and more of like a direct continuation like they they put out god of war 2018 and then just kept working like that's what it really feels like you know um and that's not a bad thing like i really like 2018 uh but it it distinctly feels like that to me um so like the the thing that i'm taking away from that is if anyone's listening or watching and you didn't like 2018 i don't think you're gonna like this because there's not a lot that's changed uh for all for all of us that like played 2018 and loved it i think you're gonna love this like uh, at least up to the point that i've played um but 
if you're looking for like huge gameplay innovation or like, uh, I guess we can talk a little bit about the story too um, as we go. The story is doing something cool uh, that I'll touch on that's not spoiler-ish, uh, but I'll save that. Uh, I guess just the first thing to me feels like, uh, like I said, they they put out 2018, they fixed some bugs, and then they just, they're like, all right, let's, let's keep going, like picking up right where we left off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll second that. Uh, yeah, everything you said, yeah. And I I literally just finished. I did the same thing with Horizon Zero Dawn as I did this game. I was just playing God of War 2018 for comparison reasons and then literally rolled straight right into the sequel Ragnarok. And it does feel, with the new patch out for uh, 2018 with 60 FPS, all of that, it feels the same. It feels exactly how you're saying that I'm playing the same exact game, only somehow this has turned into a Kingdom Hearts game, guys. And I say that I say that with the intention, with specifically talking about where are my abilities that I just had. Oh yeah, oh, uh, like one Carson of the a, a little side character made a comment on that earlier. Yeah, did on. you guys hear oh, what Amir said? No, uh, yeah. about no. that? It was pretty funny. I like, it was funny. I laughed too. I assume yeah. you know it because it has been a couple of years. Yeah, I remember. But I missed what, what that uh Mimir basically says like you're walking and he basically just says like oh it's a shame that uh Fimblewind or uh eroded all your spells huh oh my and i'm God. like oh okay so the reason that you start at level one is because it's fucking cold outside that's that's funny i miss that i miss that that's funny the tone and the way he said it was like the dev saying yeah, yeah. it's, it was like, it, it's like it's a little it's cheeky pretty, nod by the devs to just there's like, a bunch yeah, of little there's a bunch of things in this game like that yeah, yeah I little, little cheeky nods that like make fun of the game design in general. <laughs> like that, that is a lot of this game. Um, but yeah, Alfredo, that, um, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, in regards to that, I, I, it's not even spells, it's just your combos, right? Like I had like everything unlocked. I had all my combos and God of War. I could do the cool axe throwing, everything all gone basically now you do start with like some things in the the new skill tree are a little higher up so you can get them faster but yeah that took me out of it a little bit i will say um just in terms of the game because i'm pretty far i'm definitely taking my time with this game even though i have put a lot of hours in i'm taking a lot of time in terms of the game just because the world building that they have put into this game compared to the first game is pretty noticeable. There's a lot more character interactions in general. Kratos himself in the first game, he, he's just saying, boy, 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 every five seconds. And pl- replaying 2018, I was sh- actually shocked how little Kratos actually talked. It, it was more like, you know, Atreus, his son, was talking and interacting with the few other characters were in there, but you don't really get any deep, meaningful character uh, interactions that much in 2018. You get a few here and there, but this game, Ragnarok, takes it to another level. It's every single character that's introduced, every single character that you did meet in 2018, they really go in-depth into each character and be like, oh, yeah, you're going to get to know these characters. Kratos himself is going to talk to them and actually try to, like, be a social human being and not be so introverted and awkward. He's going to actually talk and get to know these people and characters, and they'll show, like, different sides of them that you didn't even know about, which I really appreciate about this game um, because I do feel like the first one was lacking in that regard. 
Now, what I will also say about the game, and but before, just I let another Duke handle it. Um, I do think that this game has some pacing issues, um, and that's what I'm struggling with the most. Um, it's a great game. It's fun. It plays exactly how the first one did, and they do some cool game mechanic switch-ups, but a lot of this game, for me at least, being 15 hours in now, a lot of what has to do with the plot and what you're doing in general feels a little bit inconsequential. Um, it feels that a lot of the time you're just doing things for the sake of doing things instead of actually going toward an actual goal. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I say. I think it has some real pacing issues, but I'm having a lot of fun with this still. Gotcha. Cole. In your brief two hours with the game, I know that you're still starting up the game pretty much. Um, how are you liking it so far? Um, I like it. Um, so I'll say something to what Alfredo said. Yeah, Kratos is definitely definitely is talking more, and I think for the most part it's good. But I, there was one particular part where he has an item and he asked, um, what's the little dwarf? He asked the dwarf to fix it, and it, I'm not going to spoil anything, but – yeah, but it means something to him. And he literally said, like, we know it. It was like his his wife gave it to him. And he literally like spells it out. He's like, yes, that means something to me. But like, I feel like he doesn't need to say that kind of stuff. Like he doesn't need to be that vocal. So I kind of hope he's not like too in his feelings the whole, you know, which is not, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't want him to be too, I don't want him to too overdo it, but I'm not far enough in. I, I like it so far. The story is, is, is great to me so far, but back to what Dave was saying, um, it's just the same. Like, I, I hate that. And like, that's, and I, I hate to like be down on the game for that because the game is polished. It looks incredible. It feels incredible. It plays incredible. Like even the characters, like what they do in the first, like in the first little bit when someone comes to, to, to their house and I'm like, Oh shit, they're going there right can now. We talk like, about, can we talk crazy. about that? Cause I feel like that was in trailers, right? Was it in the trailers? Was that in it, trailers? It was in 28. So it was in the ending of 2018. Yeah, it was the after credit scene. Basically. Okay, well, I still feel like it's still kind of sports because I honestly was not expecting it. <laughs> okay. I mean, y'all can say it if you want to, but like... Yeah, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep it on the hush, yeah. That's probably better for... I was that. like, damn, this is happening already. This is incredible. Mm -hmm. Then I knock on the door and the other big badass comes in there and I was like, oh my goodness. And they're, they're having a sit down. Like, I was all hyped. I was into that. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I wrote down for that that exact part. That scene had me as tense and focused on like what was going on as any prestige TV that I've watched movie, in the last. I, I thought years. the same thing. I was I thinking, watched yeah, it really at least. Good. I watched it yeah. at least five times. I um yeah. I had I recorded on my I did yeah. the record, and so I watched it every now. I'm like, man, this is just really well directed, yeah. well acted across the board. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's my. Overall, but the tense was there. Yeah. It was like it was great. Like I, yeah. I, I felt the same way. I was like, I feel like I'm watching a movie, and they're doing a <clears throat> dang good job right now. Like, yeah. And there's like not to obviously, I won't say exactly what, but there was another moment that happened, like maybe when I was playing yesterday, that had the same level of acting, where I was like, like Christopher Judge is acting his ass off right now. It was really good. And yeah. my man's from the um. I used to watch the West Wing when I was a kid. The guy who's um mm -hmm. the from West that? Wing, yeah. Um, one of my favorite characters. He um he plays another character in this game that you know we won't spoil. <laughs> and 
They're killing it throughout the whole game so far. They've been my favorite character to watch whenever they're on screen. They command attention. Um, for me, this game has made me appreciate God of War 2018 a lot more. I wasn't the biggest fan of God of War 2018. Not because of the gameplay. I thought the gameplay was very good. I thought that the first person camera view that this game has continued on with was one of the most impressive like technical feats I've seen a game do. I thought voice acting in that first game was really good. This game in every way is a step up from 2018, especially if you played on base PlayStation 4. Now, like Alfredo said, if you played the 60 frames per second, that's how I finished God of War 2018. I finished it, I like to say like 2020 when that update first came out. That's when I finished it. I had gotten halfway through and just stopped. Um, so yeah, this feels like a continuation of that more so than a direct sequel than a sequel. How you think of like a video game sequel would be. At the same time, like it's an expansion of let's say level design, gameplay, storytelling, and graphics to as best as you can. I don't I can't name a better game that looks I can't name a game that looks better than this on PlayStation 5. I can't. And we said I know you said Horizon Alfredo. I, I don't think Horizon does from the standpoint Horizon just from a color palette standpoint. This game has all the colors too. But this game knows when to use them. Like, every location looks perfect. Like, I can't, like, I want, I think we should drop the conversation about games being held back by the PlayStation 4. Because this game is not being held back by anything. Uh, you can tell on the loading, the, the, the loading exactly. screens and stuff. I've heard exactly. that the, that's, that would be there regardless, though, because they have to separate the levels out somehow. But I don't think it would be it to the extent that this game I is never, because... It never well, it's of, like no. two seconds. And well, there's, there's also like a two there's a lot of crouching. There's a lot of like small little gaps that I have to squeeze by that aren't even some of them aren't even that long. Some of them are longer. You know, there's a like, lot of that. I feel like Ratchet and Clank has some of those same things though. Like I have not seen a game on PlayStation 5 that looks as good as this. I haven't seen a game that is utilized loading as like even like to the extent of like some of those PlayStation 5 exclusive games, like none of them are more technically better than this game to me. It's it's technically like kind of ridiculous. Um mm -hmm. I was paying attention, like the the first part in the first hour, you go out walking in the snow and you can see the snow, like individual yeah, like amazing. pieces yeah. of snow reacting to where you step and people mm -hmm. stepping in cutscenes. I was like wow, someone put, you know, someone worked for six months on that snow. That right. looks incredible. And, and somehow battle, that is running on PlayStation 4. That's the yeah. that's the part that's even crazier. And mm -hmm. all of the cutscenes have your armor that you have selected. I thought yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the time. most it's the most technically impressive game I have ever seen. Yeah. Like, I'm not, bar none. That, that's why for me, like, I want to end the argument of the PS4 is holding these games back. I don't think it is. Because these this is as good as a as you can get a game to look, I feel as it, right now. Yeah. You, you know what I noticed though? There's one there's one scene where you throw the uh what are the what are the little axe? No, the what are the, what the chains? The, yeah, the chains, whatever mm -hmm. they are. Are they axes on chains? What what what's on the blades? Uh, the cast blades. The cast yeah. blades. So you throw it and you pull these logs down and they just disappear. 
And I was like, come on, we're, this is 2022. Like, <laughs> it, does, it does do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, put, make these things disappear. Like, this is the kind of stuff. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that I want to see next gen push is like physics and stuff like that, which I do agree. The snow is incredible. After a battle, like the whole torn up snow everywhere is unbelievable. Right. I, I just think this game, if you look at it as just a direct continuation of. 2018 i don't think they could have done much better from how it looks mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah no. and yeah. this and it's no doubt in my mind like this game is both I've, I've gotten enough through to kind of feel that this is both the empire strikes back and return of the jedi combined <laughs> <laughs> if god of war 2018 is like a new hope mm-hmm. this game it feels like at some points like i got to a point where i'm like i feel like this is too much like part of me is like, I wish that this was maybe split up. In that you think they're doing too much, too many things. And the thing is, too much? We, remember we were early talking about this. Like we thought this was not going to be enough. We thought like, oh, like they're releasing a sequel that quickly. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be kind of like a Miles Morales maybe. Because you think about it, like God of War came out the same year as Spider Man, right? Yeah. 2018, yeah. It so did. When we were saying, because that was back when Ragnarok was, it was slated for 20, 2021. We were like, okay, it's just this quick follow up. It's probably going to be a, like a reduced adventure. Oh, no. No. This is <laughs> one of the largest. It feels so dense without it being an open world per se. Right. Yeah. And I definitely appreciate the concept in terms of world building that they made because you do get to basically like in the first game, you get to visit a whole bunch of realms, right? That's not really a secret. And each of the realms not only like look great, like you guys were touching on. And that's kind of why I was talking about um, it also being kind of like Kingdom Hearts, not only how you just randomly lose all your abilities, but you know, you're going to Lion King world. Sometimes you're going to Tarzan (laughs) world. Sometimes you're going to Frozen world. (laughs) Except that kind of game. Except you don't have to use a stupid gummy ship to get to these rooms. It's <laughs> just true. a bu- it's just a button click. Yes, but yeah. speaking more on the actual like denseness of the world, like the I really really like we were talking about side quests earlier and how Horizon like that's the the best part of the game for me in Horizon is the side quest. This game isn't quite on that level when it comes to side quests, but it is on the point where if there's a side quest, I'm doing it. Because what they actually do with the side quest this time around is they tie it to the specific characters in the world. So Mimir, like for him in the first game, he's going to be on your back or he's going to be like tied to your chain, right? Very early in the game, like the first side quest you get is for him. And he's like, oh, I did this a really bad thing. Can you help me fix it? And Mm -hmm. as you go on the side quest, he's giving more details about his past, what he used to do, how he used to help certain other people and how he he regretted it. So they... They do that for a lot of the side quests, pretty much all the ones that I've dived into so far. And it just helps with the world building, helps you, you know, fully more flesh out the characters. And they're great. They're not like top tier Witcher 3 Horizon side quests, but like they're fun. They're great. It rewards you by giving you these resources that uh, connect back to a very, very good, in my opinion, armor and weapon upgrade tree. Um, And yeah, it all ties together really well. Yeah. The one, the one thing I want to say about side quests that impressed me the most, and just to kind of avoid spoilers, like it's not exactly you have an RPG party per se, but you can encounter, you can do these side quests at different parts of the story. 
And depending on what's going on, who is with you at the time, the side quests kind of adjust to mm. who's with you. And I've honestly never really seen that. Or if I've seen it, it's done real clumsily. This game, it feels like it was always meant to be this way, which it just impresses me. Like it, it, it doesn't feel like they put the same lines for like the same character. You know what I'm saying? It's, it feels like each whoever's with you on this, it's like they program the side quest like three, four, five times. It's in like the degree of just like attention to detail that is throughout this whole game is incredible. I feel like the side quest is definitely one of those things where you can really see how, how closely they've made it feel like it's just one big experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I'll just echo, like I think I've done, I think probably two big side quests at this point, they've both been excellent at story and character development. Like the stuff that you're doing, you, you, think about what you're doing in god of war you already know what you're going to be doing in these side quests right you're going to do some puzzles you're going to fight some enemies you're going to maybe fight a boss at the end um but like a, a lot of people like kind of get down on side quests for like not making them mechanically super interesting but what you can do is make them really good for character and like relationship building between characters and the two that i've done so far have been like really really good and i'm thinking like especially the second one i did which maybe we can talk off air um it was like just a, a really really awesome moment with kratos and atreus like something that uh we we kind of talked about how this is like a continuation of the first game with that continuation you get all the character development that kratos got in the first game now he's much more of a father than he was at the beginning of 2018 so now you're doing these side quests where they're hanging out and Kratos is actually like making an effort sometimes and not just like being super dismissive to Atreus. And like the potential for storytelling there is really, really good uh, because the writing and the voice acting and all of that is excellent, uh, I think, so far. So like these side quests have been really good. And it's like, I agree, it's not quite Witcher where like every Witcher side quest just surprised the hell out of me in the best way. But in this, like the next best level is to like, make me, you know, let me have fun mechanically, but give me good character side content. And in this game, the, the ones I've seen so far, I can't imagine playing this game and missing those moments because it gives so much context. And especially that second one, I was like, Jesus, that is, that's a really nice moment. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Going along that. Um, I've, well, I have a question. Thomas and Cole, have you guys been also been doing the side quests or are you like kind of main pathing it? So I main path it for a while. And then when I, I don't want to spoil anything. When I got to a certain point in the story and I'm around one of my favorite characters in the story a lot more than I thought I was going to be, I started doing all the side quests. And that's when I noticed like how they're ta they tailor the game around, you know, who you're with. Um, so yeah, I've I've done a I've done probably four of the big ones, okay. and I've done a whole bunch of side ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah funny, was... one of my funny moments. <laughs> I don't think this, I don't think this is spoiler because it's not important. But did y'all do the orb side quest? 
I just did that. I I think we are in the same spot because I just did that. <laughs> did you? Did yeah. you play that one, Dave? I don't think know? I've gotten that far yet. Okay, I won't spoil it. Yeah, it, I know what you're this, talking about. It's this funny thing that like it plays on how serious Kratos takes everything. That's mm-hmm. the one that I will say about this game. It utilizes MCU level humor. Man, I was. But that's a compliment. Mm-hmm. I was going to bring that up if no one else did. Like. There is significant Marvel MCU movie influence in this. The, the yeah, noise of sure. the uh, of Thor's hammer is the exact noise from the movie. Is, is it? it? Just, yeah, like no, the like when he sits the hammer Disney. down and it's like that little <laughs> magical noise. It's literally the exact noise from the MCU. Hmm. Crazy. They're in trouble. I just um, I was playing today and I met a character and I was like, that is an MCU ass character that I just met yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say who, obviously, but. Like I've had that distinct like they're trying to introduce some levity in this game, uh, and they're definitely doing it in the way the MCU did. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah it's it's very. I, I think it's a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. No, I thought like God of War 2018. I have a really iffy relationship with because I remember get I saw all the reviews for that. You know, watched you know IGN kind of funny. All and everybody's like game of the year best game ever made yada 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 i play like 10 hours of it and i'm like i get it but it's not speaking to me it's just not at all this game makes that game better because i actually did download it back to my playstation 5 and i'm enjoying that i even just going through some of the i might just go for the platinum for it i'm just like man i like this Mm -hmm. and it's it's because Ragnarok really, to me, isn't a different game. Like, I feel like if they could, they would have released the whole thing as one just big old game. God, what a game. What God, a game. what a game. Be, right. I mean, it still is like a one game. So giant 160-hour game. Yeah. Right. right. But th- that also speaks to how, like, I feel like I do feel like this game is an odyssey, kind of. This game feels like a really good book. I don't think there's any other comparison that could make to it because it doesn't feel like to me this game doesn't feel like a video game. It feels more like a book, even though the combat's amazing, all of that. Yes, yeah, great. But I think it goes back for me to the pacing issues that I think are present there. And maybe the pacing issues are only there because I am taking my time in everything, going specifically looking for all the chests, all the like mm-hmm. little secrets and everything. I really do wonder like how, if I would feel differently uh, if I would main path it because as I am doing it now, I was talking about how some things feel a little bit inconsequential. It doesn't feel like I am on this great odyssey adventure because I am doing things that feel like don't matter sometimes. Um, mm. But yeah, I wonder if that ex- experience would change if I didn't take my time and if I was uh, main pathing it. I was main pathing it for a while and it still was satisfactory. I just love yeah. where the story's going. Like yeah. I think that this is one of the this has become one of my more favorite fantasy worlds in this game. Where in the first game, I felt it all was a bit of a tease. And I did that's the one part that still to this day I do not like about God of War 2018. So we're going to talk about all these cool things. We're going to show you all the realms that are here. We'll go to half of them. You know, we'll we'll talk about these cool gods like Odin's here, but we're not going to, you know, like all these like little things. I I was like, why are you playing with me? 
God like, of this, War was the set dressing. This right, is and, like yeah, and the actual looking, meal. Right. And looking back on it, 2018, I remember the best, I think Skill Up said it. Um, I thought it was perfect. God of War 2018 is like a stage play, how it's presented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This game is not that. And I feel like with that first person camera, it makes it even more impressive that it's not that. Because I feel like when you are, when Atreus and Kratos are together for a whole game, it's easy to have the camera set on them the entire time. This game, not to spoil anything, doesn't really do that for a lot of it, where it's like Atreus at this point is, what is he, 14? He's a teenager. He's a teenager. <laughs> yeah. So he has agency and he's doing yeah. his own thing a lot of times, like for whatever is what's going on in the plot. He's doing his own thing. He's not always around Kratos. Yeah. And, and the that's... fact that they still maintain that first person camera. Yeah. It's, very it's such cool. clever. Like every time they, I'm like, how are you going to do it? I, I look out for it every <laughs> single time. Like, how are we, how are we doing it? <laughs> And every single time I've been impressed, like God help the person whose job that was to get those scenes transitioning like that. Cause I, no other game even attempts to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It is incredibly impressive. It that, makes it feel like, I don't know, like an, an odyssey of sorts, even though I can like an, say it feels like an epic to me. Like I, I would say yeah. it's more epic to me. It's like a, if the first one was a stage play, this one is an epic. Yeah, maybe yeah. I would compare more to like the Lord of the Rings, like something along that like nature. Where okay, now we're gonna travel to this place in order to get the gods, and but it's not only like a video game is usually a supercut of all the like exciting parts. This game doesn't just have the exciting parts for better or for worse. It has everything. It has, you know, you sitting at the dining table and eating. It has like that, those kind of moments. It has the character moments. It has the exciting parts. Um, but yeah, for me, I don't know. I feel like they're spaced out a little too odd. Hmm. I like the shift in focus in this game. Like God of War 2018 was a, a, a game about Kratos's quest to scatter the ashes. You know, mm-hmm. he finished that quest and he doesn't really have new quests anymore. He's just, yeah. he's just a guy he just hanging out trying to live a peaceful he has a life. Prophecy. Like, yeah. Well, I think that's the problem I'm having too, though. I think that's what it comes down to. It like, well, I yeah. like the new uh, focus. We'll say uh, without getting too deep in it, I like how things have shifted, uh, and I started to feel that the last couple times I played that there is a definite shift in attention uh, from Kratos is on this epic quest, or Kratos needs to defend whoever, uh, or you know, kill whoever God, if we want to go way, way back in the the series history, it's a different focus now. And I'm really, really excited to see where it goes because it's mm-hmm. like, had it just been another like quest for Kratos um, and only him, basically La- last game, Atreus was along for the ride. He has to go because right. he can't, he can't just stay at the house by himself. Uh, so he was along for the ride last time. He's not just along for the ride. And one of you said it, uh, pretty well earlier it's uh, he's a teenager he has agency he can make his own decisions and he is making his own decisions uh, which you find out pretty quickly so i like i said i'm i'm about 10 hours in i've also been doing side quests so like i'm not as far as i feel like i could be right now but i'm i'm enjoying the side quests and the last couple times i've played have made me really really excited for where the story was going whereas like the first 
maybe five hours or so all felt like wrap up from the first game mm-hmm. um, or kind of like a, you know, they, they give you a cliffhanger after the credits of 2018, like a real thing to get you excited. And they wrap that up within the first two hours of this game. Now the new thing is going and I'm really into it. I'm yeah. like, like, I, I'm excited. I think I know where it's going, but I'm still excited to see how it gets there. You know? Yeah. We could talk yeah. about this game forever. Yeah. I do want to get to one thing before we move to our next topic. Any negatives? I think we've been really high on it. And I, I'm high on it too, but are there any significant negatives? I know you said pacing Alfredo. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you'd say? I know, Nicole, I remember you did say um, it's a little more the same. I would say to you in regards to that. Once you get farther. Just wait. Yeah, just wait. Just wait. <laughs> okay, yes. This, so then this becomes yeah. the most dense game you can imagine very quickly. So I say just wait on it. It's going to get way... Honestly, the one thing you can't say is the same game in 2018. Yeah, right. my negative is is just the fact that it's not... I want, I want this to be like the next-gen God of War, and it's not. Like, I, yeah. I, And I know maybe maybe it's different, and there's some different mechanics or whatever. No, that's, a fair, criti- that's a fair criticism. But it like, is a P- it's this, on PlayStation this, 5, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You don't need a PlayStation... Like, we don't need a PlayStation 5 for anything but Demon Souls at this point. Like, what else... I just Didn't feel like even no. I'm ashamed. Like I can't say that game. What else do we have? I forgot. Ratchet and Clank. Return. Ratchet and Clank. Everybody. But I would but, I would argue none of those games look as good as this. Like, no, I, I agree. I don't know. From a really? technical standpoint, it's it's crazy how it. I did not expect this to hear to hear from you guys because I actually would have said aside from the pacing issues that. I would say that this game doesn't look that great. That would be my one negative for it. In that, it, it, hear me out, hear me out. Remember, I just played God of War 2018 with the patch. I just played it. And it really does not feel like a significant upgrade in terms of from what I just played from 2018 and now. I know they did have a patch and everything. And 2018, it looks pretty great on PS5. Well, 2018 patch. still looks to this day. It looks pretty good. Damn good. And yeah, and that said, that makes it so that Ragnarok, in comparison, because 2018 still does look great, Ragnarok really does not look that good compared to it. Compared well, to it, I, I don't that, think it has to though, because yeah, it it doesn't. Bro, but I don't want to spoil anything, but you do like. Let's be real, that game is it takes place in the same looking area for mm-hmm. a lot of it yes and this game yes. does not this game yeah. looks different almost all the time that's yeah. fair but i would say even when i got to some of the you know more tropical area some more of the other ones i did think hmm this really doesn't look at what i was expecting this doesn't look like a ps5 game like i would expect from horizon or from last of us it doesn't and i think like for me that's one of the indicators of whoa this is next gen like when i saw horizon on ps5 i was absolutely blown away when i saw this game it looked it looked good enough it looked like a ps4 game to me like it could have been a ps4 a god of war 2018 it really didn't look like a ps4 game released on pc yeah and it doesn't it that's not that bad of a thing right i would i would just looks good I would just argue that none of the PlayStation 5 games look to me like as good as this. Like none of, even the if you go to even the exclusive ones, like I I've, I've all I've Demon Souls, like I like Demon Souls. Facial animation wise nowhere close. 
I think that ultimate that animation in the top looks amazing in Demon Souls, but I don't think it looks anywhere near as good as God of War. Just being honest, I don't think Ratchet and Clank. I think Ratchet and Clank looks really good and is the peak of like you know that art like cartoon like animation style. But still, like I don't think it looks as good as this. I'm guessing you guys are playing in performance mode, right? I am. Yeah, I'm playing in yeah. performance yeah. mode, 60 okay. frames, 4K. Yeah, and I was, yeah. I was, I was gonna say, oh, sorry, and Steam yeah. Deck. And been playing on Steam Deck as well. Hmm. Really? Cool. I was gonna say, like, I'm I'm not even playing on 4K mode, and I still think this game looks incredible. Like, just pretty much everything. I'm glad you brought up like animations and faces and stuff. Faces are so hard to make look good in video games, mm-hmm. and they look pretty damn good here. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I I definitely see what you're saying from the standpoint of it doesn't look that much different than God of War 2018. Yeah. But yeah. we got to be real. No, God of War 2018 great. looks better than games coming out this yeah. year. It yeah. is. Um, if and I it's can, all in game. Yeah. So, yeah. That's true. Yeah. You, um, it's like people talked it to death with 2018 with how it's all in game, but like a lot of games will pull off some really visually impressive stuff in like pre-rendered cutscenes, right. and this one is it's all in the engine there it's it looks great um if i can bring up like one thing that i'm like gonna criticize this game for is that they really didn't do anything with the puzzles to make them different or they're more worse. interesting in they're my opinion worse. and they're worse really they're worse. <laughs> i think the, the um let's let's call it the contrast between these like super high quality story moments uh, some frankly really exciting boss fights and then i turn the corner and it's one of those things where you gotta bang the three bells with your axe to open a treasure chest and i'm yeah. like okay the back to the video game i guess you know like it, like the capital v capital g video game as opposed to like this super exciting boss fight i just did or this like great story moment i just watched um we got to eat those apples, Dave. Yeah, I mean, you do need those apples. apples. So, like, I'm going to do those things. But I'm not having fun with the puzzles. I'll just say that. Like, there's there's nothing about the puzzles that's interesting me right now. And it, it's going to get to the point where I'm, like, they keep increasing the complexity of them. And I'm not, like, having fun figuring out the puzzles. I'm just going to look at guides so I can get back to the stuff that I like. No shame. Know? No shame. I've nope. had- I don't feel shame for looking in guides. I've had that Ragnarok walkthrough on my bottom monitor every time I play. (laughs) Never. I I I will never do it. I don't don't feel shame looking in a guide ever, and I will not feel shame. You know, especially it's like, like, I'm not going to look up a guide for how to beat this boss in God of War. I just, you know, I know how to fight. I know how to just be better. I can do that. Practice a little bit. I'll be fine. But if I'm doing a puzzle and it's going to take me like 15 minutes to figure it out no not in this game i'm not interested in that <laughs> this isn't the witness <laughs> you guys i have literally set up here for some time like 15 minutes come back i'm like where's this goddamn bell <laughs> <laughs> hey, i'll take even worse y'all i'll i'll dag gum i'll turn the i'll turn the um the difficulty down to easy just to be the boss if, if i get stuck on it for like five or six times I'm over it. I'm yeah. trying to easy mode and let's, let's play Same all. for me. Same for me playing uh, from software games. Like I love those games, but fighting a boss 20 times is not why I love those games. So I yeah. will, I'll summon in help. I'll do what I need to. Mm-hmm. No shame. Get, get no through shame. the game. Get have your have fun done. the way you want to. Time is valuable. Yeah. Before I yeah. get to my not negative, I just have one and then we move on. What difficulty are I playing on? I'm playing on the middle one. 
Yeah, the yeah. recommended. The standard you one. No mercy, of course. You're on the last uh, one? No, I think I'm on the... There's like one before the... Yeah, yeah there's one before the Give Me God of War. Yeah, you're on, on, you're on four. four. You need to be the Duke of Hard Mode. <laughs> I, you guys, Alfred, I, Alfredo's, <laughs> Alfredo's afraid the Grim Gamer is going to take him. My main challenge. Yeah, there is challenging. Uh, my main me- negative with this game, that menu system. I'm sorry. Oof. You don't like it? It's I like worse. It. It's I somehow like it. worse. Like I well, thought. Tw- option, so. I thought 2018's was so convoluted. Especially compared to the greatest game of all time, Spider-Man. It's it's a very convoluted upgrade system. And they've somehow made it even more confusing. I don't like how things look on there. I, I don't know. I just don't like how it looks. I mean, it's a personal thing for me. But, um, yeah, that's the one negative I, I had that's like, I don't think that is going to get better through the playthrough. I think every other negative I have, I'm going to wait until I play all the way through. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the gamification of the RPG trees and upgrading your armor. Like, was that yeah, not a thing is, in, in 2018? No, it was a thing. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't as expansive. Uh, like, they didn't have the... Um, well, yeah, it wasn't as expansive, but yeah. I, I like the gamification of that. I'm I'm getting burned in the menus too often by pressing the wrong button. Like, or they, you crafting things when, by mistake that happened to me. All right, so yeah, so you press circle to open up the crafting menu with uh, Brock or Sindri, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have to start pressing X to confirm in the menus, and it burns me every time I close out because I just press circle to confirm. Why is the confirm button changing? Yeah, and yeah, couple that with like you know, like like you said, there's like five sub menus for uh opening up each weapon or armor piece and upgrading them and stuff like it, it's definitely not like a, a game breaking thing but if we're going to talk about the menus like why why are we switching up inputs like that doesn't make mm-hmm. a whole lot of sense to me yeah, yeah. i i definitely feel you there i think the reason why i like the menus is that I, this might not be the feel they're trying to go for, but it makes me feel like this is a uh, a Final Fantasy game or a Mass Effect game, um, and without going you know into too much of it, but it, it just makes me takes me back to those types of games that I personally enjoy. There's a lot of numbers going around. <laughs> there's a lot of you know. There's a lot of ways that you can enhance your abilities by you know the synergy between your amulet and your little gem that you have in this item and then another item there's a lot of numbers there's a lot of letters a lot of words a lot of abilities everything in there and and i'm here for it because i love those types of games but it is this feels to me like um like when i'm playing from software the the number like the difference in from software between having 95 attack and 102 attack is nothing it's Mm -hmm. it's all about your execution this game feels exactly like that to me like I'm upgrading when I have the opportunity, but I don't care about my stats. Uh, oh, I'll tell you. In this game in hard mode. Defense, <laughs> in hard mode. That okay. defense number matters. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we're gonna be able to give you our full impressions once we beat the game because we're definitely in some capacity gonna do a spoiler cast. So stay tuned for that. Speaking of some PlayStation franchises, let's move to our second topic which is Horizon is potentially getting a MMO. It's currently 
reportedly in development, I believe. I don't think it's fully confirmed, but there's some good sources. Um, this is coming to us from, what is this? I'm sorry, Kotaku. Um, Gorilla Games and Sony are rumored to be working on a brand new MMO set within the universe of last year's Horizon Forbidden West. That's this year's typo. Um, it's made, it's going to be reportedly made by NC Soft, who are responsible for Guild uh, the Guild Wars. Yeah, and um, there's another one. EverQuest, I believe, EverQuest. back in the day. It's, it's the third biggest MMO developer in the world. Two being Square Enix and one, I forgot who. But um, yes, yeah, one of the biggest ones. How are we looking at this news? I am, no. I'm a little more negative on it, but if there's anybody <laughs> have any positive stuff no, no, on no, it? No, I'm positive. Me and Alfredo okay. spent like half a podcast talking about this potentially. No, no, no we did not. No, no yes, we did. We, it was a games as a service. It was. Did, we were that, more of like a Monster different. Hunter style. You that's remember us talking different. about this? No, I know what you're talking about, but we talked about something different. This is an MMO call. Oh, well, then I'm going to we be the minority on this one because I like this idea. We, well, were, see, well, we you, were talking about If you're telling me it's like a Monster Hunter MMO, I think that could be cool. Right. I think that you make it like a monster hunter, but it's like you actually have to get in groups with people and you're hunting down monsters together. I think that has potential. And I hope that's what this is. Well, you know what the key is going to be to this whole thing is if they keep the combat. If they redo like an MMO style combat, then it's done. Yep. I was just going to say if it's, if you go into a kind of cooldown based, yeah, yeah, then. and like DPS tank healer type combat, yeah. this is going to be terrible. But and that's what it's going to be. Guys. I can. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Alfredo on that. I can see the potential, like you said, for a um going on a raid on like a giant robot dinosaur with like ten other people. That could be a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. yeah, it could be so much fun. But it, that was my thing too. Is I was like is this actually going to be like an MMO where you're doing a bunch of fetch quests and then every now and then you get to go do one of those raids and fight a big boss? Or is it, you know, is it going to be Monster Hunter? Because that would be great. Agreed. And I, I don't think they can do an MMO with that. Like, I mean, could, I don't think it, I don't think it could handle all those mechanics. Well, it would have to be developed by Gorilla. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, so so really it probably is bad news then. Well, I mean, here's, here's the <laughs> if thing. If it was a as a service, I think we'd be good. Right. So here's the thing, because it, it's kind of shocking hearing this news because they are really trying to make Horizon like go places, right? Uh-huh. We know there's a there's a Netflix uh, series. We know there is, they're doing the VR game. They're doing what we expect to be Monster Hunter, which isn't an MMO. And now they're doing this MMO with NCSoft. Well, and I'm well, pretty familiar we with We don't NCSoft. know. The one thing I will suffer, we don't know whether that project is this project. I don't think it is. I don't think they, I feel I like hope there's not. only so many games you can have in development. Like I feel like the odds of that those projects being the same because it's not mm-hmm. like they like brought like they didn't report they didn't like announce this. This got leaked. <laughs> right, right. So but, I think I think that this is that project. That's well, why I think it's going to be more be Monster hope. Hunter looking. I don't think the gameplay is going to be there, but I do think that play that concept that we y'all I, I don't know if I was on that podcast, but mm-hmm. that that concept of you're going to be basically Monster Hunter style hunting these different beasts. I think that's what this is going to be. 
That's going to be great. That's I think it will, but like technically, well, technically do it. I don't think Monster Hunter World is considered an MMO technically. Well, no, because, no, no, it's not. Right? It's, it's not. not. Yeah. So I think they're really leaning into the MMO style of it here. Well, it's a, well, I think it Monster Hunter World's a game as a service, right, technically. Exactly. It's not, but it's. I don't think they do many microtransactions. But I had plenty of friends who would, you know, co-op that together well, yeah. to take down. You know, do you really think PlayStation's going to say, "Hey, let's take a, the the best part of Horizons, the combat," and they're just going to strip that away? Well, that's why I yes. think they're going to do both because they're really trying to make Horizon franchise a thing. They're spreading out as much as possible. But that's With what NC makes it special, Soft, I feel like is that is that combat, you know? Yeah. Well, yep. they can do both, right? They can yeah. have the MMO, and MMOs are huge. Like they, like that's just another way to get more people into their new world. NCSoft makes great MMOs. Grilled Wars Two, I played it a ton. Great game. But I think what they're going to do is that they're going to have this as an alternative for the people who do like MMOs, and then they're also going to have actually Guerrilla themselves will be developing the games of the service. See, but that's what I think. Who, might I would just happening. get confused. Who's making Horizon like, Three? But with their second team, hopefully. Well, hopefully. See, <laughs> see yeah, I, I don't think Gorilla is developing any because they don't have a history of doing games as a service. Anything they don't, but we do know that PlayStation, you know, acquired Destiny developer Bungie specifically for this reason, so that they can have veterans in games as a service who can expand and go to all their other, uh, all their other, you know publishers all their first party studios and teach them how do we make a games out of service how do we make a horizon monster hunter games as a service and do it well so i think they're still you know getting their feet on the ground getting their feet wet and i think eventually they'll get it once they uh you know have some experience but in the meantime hey let's give this game our franchise over to ncsoft we know they can make a good mmo and just do an mmo game for the people who do want that hmm. I All hope, speculation, but that's I what I'm hoping. <laughs> I hope, I'm not saying you're wrong. I hope you're wrong because I don't think you can, I don't think Horizon is big enough to have two different online multiplayer games going on at the same time. Yeah, it seems like spreading like That does not seem thin. smart at all. That, yeah. that seems like a bad decision. I yeah. got you. But here's the only reason why I'm hoping I'm right is because I really don't think NCSoft can execute a Monster Hunter world game. That's what that's I what I'm saying. This is a, that's what I'm saying. It's bad news, Alfredo, because I don't think you're gonna have two separate multiplayer games for the same franchise out at the same time, mm. and you're not going to expect that NCSoft is going to give you a horizon right. like experience in addition to the fact that gorilla is actively developing horizon three most likely mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's announced for pre-production but you can you can assume that it probably is and this is not like naughty dog where factions is primarily what they're working on i don't think you're gonna have because i believe gorilla is smaller than naughty dog at this point in time probably I, I don't think Gorilla has the manpower to work on a big factions like multiplayer game and Horizon 3. So I think this is bad news. Like, and but look, I don't think I was gonna play it regardless. So it's not really <laughs> hitting me any type of way. Yeah. I do hope that they tone down on all this expansion with Horizon. Because yeah. I mean the funny thing is Horizon, I think the third Horizon Zero Dawn is the third best selling 
PlayStation game, I believe. PlayStation 4 game, at least. It's um, up there. So yeah. it's definitely, it, I think it sold more than Last of Us Part 2. Um, it's didn't somewhere in Spider-Man and God of War. I think it's the only two games that outsold it. And so it's a big franchise responsible for over, I think, 80, $800 million in re- revenue. So it's Ooh. a moneymaker for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that what we have coming is good enough. I think a Netflix show is going to be good. I think that VR game is going to be good. And then you're eventually going to get the remake for PlayStation 5, oh and then you're going to get Horizon 3. <laughs> I forgot about that. Look, this is what makes me excited is these kind of games, as opposed to another God of War 3 or Horizon 3. Like something, they're trying something different. You know? I mean, maybe it's not different. Maybe it's going to be an MMO, like... They're just going to slap Horizon on it and whatever. It's going to be EverQuest Horizon, but um, <laughs> Horizon sellout. But like you know, like like Anthem. At least they tried. You know, at least that was going to be something different and whatever. Mm-hmm. But you just failed. you just put some. Oh my god! You not brought, like, not that's Anthem. Some P, that's some PTSD right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my word! You got to admit that that when that game showed, it showed incredible. That first oh, demo, everybody oh. was hyped out of their mind. We were well, speaking of PTSD. Um, we have the sequel announced to one of my favorite games of 2019, Control, which the character did have a lot of PTSD and a lot of other stuff going on that I will avoid spoilers for. But we officially have the announcement from Remedy that Control 2 is actively in development. The game will also be multi platform. How are we feeling about this? I'm. I'm very, very excited because Control was one of those games where it just had one of those vibes to it where it's the most Twin Peaks-esque game I've ever played. Mm. And it's made by a developer who made previously one of the most Twin Peaks-esque <laughs> games I've ever played, which was Alan Wake. Uh, which is so, also in development. Which is also in development. I don't know which one comes first. Probably Alan Wake, I assume. Probably, yeah. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Those sales numbers for the remaster weren't looking too good. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, and we know the control takes place in that same universe. This, I think, is going to be a long ways away, I assume, if they're just getting in development. I think we're probably a good, like, probably four, maybe three years away. So I'm like 2025, I'm thinking, is going to be release date potentially for this. Jeez. Whew. Such a long time. Takes a long time to make a good game. Mm-hmm. But how are we thinking? Um, anybody excited for this like me? Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Like, I really liked the first game. It, and it, I really liked it while also really like keying in on some things that are pretty uh, obvious things to improve in a sequel, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that they can work on the combat, keep iterating on that, work on enemy enemy variety, keep working on that but give me more of the oldest house as a setting. Give mm-hmm. me more of these weird side stories. Give me more yeah. of the janitor. Give me all that. Because like you said, the atmosphere in that game was so good. I was in. Like, I That game hooked me more than a lot of games that I played. And even though, like I said, like I was getting kind of tired of some of the enemies and the boss yeah. fights weren't very fun. Those are things that you can work on when you're making a sequel. So, like, count me in. I'm excited for this. Yeah, same for me. I I feel like Remedy is like one of the de- is probably the develop the 
the weirdest developer <laughs> ever. They made like, one of the worst games of the year this year. Well, you're, you're always in for like an interesting <laughs> experience when it comes to Remedies games because I honestly, I feel like you can never tell whether something is going to be like good or bad, but like it's going to be interesting for sure. But Control was like one of those hits that it had, like Dave said, great setting. The powers themselves were awesome to actually use. And like you too, Dave, I thought it can use some tweaking, a little bit more like fine tuning, but I think we'll get that. Um, but yeah, I think we all knew that Control 2 was coming. We were just yeah. waiting for them to actually <laughs> announce it. Let's let's uh, let's be honest. Like any video game that is popular and sells a bunch, you're gonna get a sequel for yeah. it. So not exactly. surprising at all. Exactly. I am more excited actually for uh, their multiplayer project that they have going on, um, where I think this kind of kind of be like X Men basically because it's in the Control universe. But yeah, they have a multiplayer project also in development, which I'm real cool. excited for. Maybe even more than this. But yeah, should be a good time. Cole, any history with Control? No, I want to play. I never played it. That's the one I missed. That's the one I want to go back and play. Yeah, I think, I think you I'd definitely like it. Like it. And but it, is there? Uh, is this? Is this out on PS Five? Like a mm -hmm. re, like a yep. re release? There's a uh, there's an upgrade. Yeah. Ray tracing, sixty frames. PS Plus is a PS Plus game. No, I think actually, yeah, it I was, think it, it might. Was I think it away. actually might be. Really? Is it I think it is. I don't know if it's on the um the. The catalog the premium list the catalog but i they did give it away as a monthly game at some point yeah so if you just add those and forget about them like i do you might have it yeah. <laughs> so um, that's awesome yeah i hope you get a chance to play with yeah i want to play it for sure yeah it's good and it gets um one of the like most enticing things that i can say about a game is that it's really good and it's less than 20 hours long like <laughs> not going to take your whole life to play it hey so y'all February's PS Plus game was Control Ultimate Edition. So it we all, actually, we all it's on it's on the extra tier of PlayStation Plus. There we go. Okay, okay. yeah, that's great. So yeah, if anybody wants to get a chance to get in there and play it, excellent game. Definitely a top five game for me of 2019. Not one of the best years of gaming for sure. It's definitely not this year, but it was a pretty it was it was some pretty good games. Pretty solid year. Yeah, pretty pretty solid. Good year. stuff. Good stuff. Um. What's not good stuff is what's going on over at id Software. Uh, so this is a very interesting story. It's a continuation. I don't think we covered the original story before. Mm -hmm. um, so there was some controversy around the Doom Eternal soundtrack. Um, the official OST was just lacking in quality, and it was originally blamed by its software is creative. Or, I mean, I, there was one of their directors. I don't know if it was a creative director, um, but they blame Mick Gordon, who is the composer of the new Doom franchise. So Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, he's been responsible for the music. And he got the blame for all of the mishaps that went on with the soundtrack. Well, he's come out with the expose, basically refuting all of that and describing the work conditions that he had to work under and kind of revealing a very interesting side of the video game like video game industry that I don't think people really think about and that's how important game music is so how familiar are you all with the story and what are your thoughts on this 
I am not familiar, but I am very familiar with how awesome Doom's soundtrack is. Like, that's yeah. essential to the game. So it's kind of crazy. I had no idea hearing that, you know, they had all these issues. So I'm interested in learning more, actually. Yeah, this was like a, a thing that when I heard it, my immediate reaction is that Mick Gordon is an established professional in in the in, in gaming you talk about doom but also pray uh for uh mm. for arcane studios he did that it, it would be very surprising to me and it turns out that this wasn't the case that um he just kind of like half-assed something and just put out this terrible product like that seems like a total lie right from hearing that if you know anything about his output and his uh his career and with something as central to like mick gordon's career as doom right so like that just from the right. jump was like huh you know and then obviously he's come out and refuted it he brought out his receipts um including other stuff about like not getting paid and uh being yeah. forced to work on like super super tight deadlines uh being forced to change like the direction of the soundtrack them telling him that he had to like them saying like we need you to make this song that fits this gameplay section but the gameplay is not done but we need yep. that song like stuff uh, like that and for all of these things to come out and you know i love it when it cut this is the opposite of the bayonetta situation where it comes out that it was the the worker was in the right i'm all about that that chef kiss like the mm -hmm. company is in the wrong yeah give me that he, Made he, that got, receipts, he yeah. got the receipts yep. to back and he, he brought up. he brought that stuff that, he brought all of it doesn't disappoint y'all that this is id software i feel like they wouldn't i don't yeah, know i, I mean, mean well i feel like corporate structure is corporate structure yeah. you know i feel yeah. like when I you're working with, from them i guess like it, it's know. disappointing to yeah. hear i mean it, it's disappointing every time this comes out that your favorite game developers are companies first and foremost for right. the most mm -hmm. part and it's yep. a lesson that i keep learning and I'm going to forget it next time, you know, this came out with <laughs> all the crunch stuff. And I'm like, I love From Software, but stories come out about workplace culture at From Software. And I'm like, that's right. These are companies, you know, first and foremost, they're making money. Yeah, exactly. The craziest story out of that that I, I saw, because I, um, I read the whole thing just like you, or did you read the whole thing, Dave? Yeah, I skimmed through it as uh, you were doing the intro there. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a long read, but it's definitely a really substantial. Um, yeah, I make I make music on the side. Definitely, it's a side hustle thing. But I, I made significant, you know, done make work with some people. Definitely done contract work. And the part that really got me that I I just got infuriated over was so he wouldn't get paid for anything that was rejected, right? But they would still use that stuff in like marketing and then and they use it in like marketing and promos and stuff. And they'd be mm -hmm. like, yeah, we don't want it for the game. So he wouldn't get paid. And he had to like, he almost had to go to litigation mm -hmm. with them early on because they would reject stuff after they used it for marketing. So he's like, mm -hmm. you're using my music and you're not paying me. And he went 11 months without getting a single check from them. And he had to strong wow. on them just to get the money that he was rightly owed for them playing it in the marketing. It's that's insane. It's honestly an insane situation that I wouldn't wish upon any composer because when you're working with a company like that's at the end of the day, like he's not working for its software. His check is being signed by Zenimax. Yeah, I was just mm -hmm. going to say, and he also had a falling out with Bethesda over mm -hmm. uh, something. I think it happened with the Prey soundtrack. 
So um, it's, uh, again, like ZeniMax, um, they don't give a shit about a game soundtrack and paying, you know, the person, if they're going to get out of paying somebody and saving some money because of some loophole in the contract, they're going to do it. But that's what's crazy to me because I could I could see that for Prey, but I really can't see that for Doom as a franchise because when I think of Doom personally, I think of kicking ass to zombie slaying music. You think of Mick and, Warden's music. Yeah, yeah, and I think about the music. So I would think that, you know, he's one of the best, you know, taking care of people because without the music, honestly, the game is, isn't much. Yeah, and it's another another lesson we keep learning, like there are very few people who are really well taken care of in the games industry, no matter how well known they are. Yeah. I mean, and the main thing um, that I took from it. So this all stemmed from the fact that the executive producer of the game, Marty Stratton, he put a Reddit post out basically as kind of like a hit piece against Mick Gordon and kind of rallied a lot of the fans against Mick Gordon for a time because Mick Gordon didn't have a response at, the point, at that point in time when he released that. And one of the things he's been asking for this whole time is to get that Reddit post taken down because whenever somebody Googles his name, that's the first thing that pops up. And I guess for legal reasons, it's not trying to do that because that would kind of admit fault. Right. So I'm sure their lawyers are saying, don't do that while we're actively litigating. But that's one of the main things he wants. And I'm just looking at just Marty. I, I had watched another podcast and somebody pointed out that this is not one of the developers of the game. Like, this is not one of the, like, this is not to disrespect, man, but this is like the guy who's dealing with the spreadsheets and, you know, do like, getting the calculator out you know like he's on the money side of this not on the creative side and i'm sorry like as somebody i'm playing doom Eternal right now loving it i'm gonna go with the creative people every single time and yeah. the music is one of the most essential parts of doom yeah yep and yeah. dude has a great track record so obviously there's his side other side and the truth so i'm sure there's something you know that there's you get to be find out but it's just a really unfortunate situation to me it's going to be even more unfortunate when the when the next doom game comes out exactly. and it's not done by mick gordon because he's well, out well they're going to call it doom silence so they'll do it. <laughs> yeah let's see how much it sells <laughs> we'll see we'll see alfredo you had yes. a surprise question for us good sir why don't you present that surprise I, question? i did okay we'll keep it short Okay. So my man Dave can go to bed at a respectable hour. So this won't be a debate. We are gonna we're gonna take a vote. Okay. I have, oh my God, what's I have this a vote for you guys. <laughs> Don't relax, relax. Everything, everything will be fine. Um, so I have a question for you guys because uh we're talking about God of War, right? And I have a, a very simple question for you. It's gonna be a vote. Now I wanna know. With video game characters, these two video game characters, who is the better dad? Kratos from God of War 2018 or Joel from The Last of Us? That is the question. Now, before you guys answer, I want to I want to highlight the fact that we're not talking about God of War Ragnarok Kratos, okay? We're not talking about a guy who uh guy who doesn't call his son boy anymore. We're talking about boy. We're talking about that kind of Kratos, okay, from the very first one. 
mm-hmm. versus Joel from The Last of Us. Okay. I will go first. Please don't spoil The Last of Us Part 2 for me. I'll just say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're talking about Joel specifically from Last of Us Part 1. Okay. Okay. All so right. Part 1's for both games. Okay. That's what we're talking about. Uh, and my vote would be Joel. Yeah. Hands down, Joel. Hands down, Joel. I will go Joel, but it's based on my, I mean, I'm a big God of War fan in terms of like before God of War 2018. And you cannot call Kratos a good father based on those games. Well, a father to Atreus. Well, what would you say then? Just to Atreus? Yeah. I'd probably say Kratos in that situation, but it's just like, Okay. I, I don't know, man. I can't excuse like all the stuff. Like maybe we'll go into it <laughs> after. A, I don't yeah. want to spoil the That's other older games. But yeah. Kratos is a good father to Atreus because of his history back in those other games. Okay, Dave, what do you say? Yeah, I'm gonna side with Thomas and with Matt in the chat. It's Kratos. <laughs> he's at least I mean he's he's gruff and he's dismissive, but at least he doesn't intentionally mislead Atreus about what's going on. He's maybe he he just he doesn't talk a whole he lot. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean he doesn't he just, talk a whole he, lot. He, he by submit by omission he does exactly. like, so if you if you believe that lies can include things you don't tell somebody, then he's a liar. If you don't believe that like I don't. Uh, just because you don't say something don't mean it's a lie. Then okay. he's a good father. Wait, I can't. What? What did he lie about again? He literally doesn't tell Atreus that he's a god. No, no, no and, I'm talking about. And he doesn't Joel. tell Atreus about, about his past. Oh, Joel. Oh. What at the end? What? At the end of the Last of Us. Yeah, the end of the Last of Us. Yeah, but he made the decision to to protect her and exactly. lie and exactly. straight up and lied. Or he lied she, right to her face. Like when she, what, what was the question? Straight up, exactly. he lied. What was the question again? I forgot what it was then. Or is everything you're saying about the fireflies true? So I just played yeah. the last was part one, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, and he okay. was like, and without hesitation, he's like, yes. Yeah. And you see it on her face, like, <sighs> yeah, okay. She's like, like, yep, all right. But she knows, but she, she knows, knows he's lying. In the hardest heart, mm-hmm. part, she knows that he's lying to her. So from that perspective, his selfishness was the main catalyst for that what, yeah. but you so can, i would have done the same thing except i would have told her to i would have told the truth <laughs> i would have saved her yeah but but that's not the question cole he did it so they're saying like that yeah. makes him bad dad. but i would argue that doesn't kratos do the same thing though no he always does like the with the selfishness in that like oh he doesn't want to look do you guys remember 2018 the man wouldn't even put his hand on his son's shoulder. He doesn't like, know how. Me. This is feeling. It's like, he what? He well, doesn't know how neither, to. Neither would, I mean, neither would Joel for half of The Last of Us. He would barely, yeah, he would barely yes, talk exact, to Ellie. Exactly, Dave. But here's the difference. With Joel, we're on this experience with him for like, we know Ellie for like a year, right? About a year. Atreus has been in his life for how old is Atreus? Nine years? And you but he wasn't raised by, but, but Faye was the primary parent. And that's yeah. why he's a bad dad, because there's no excuse for that. Like, why would he there? We have to make do Matt with his relationship with his son at the start of the game. We got, look, we got nine whole years of, oh, you choosing to be, an, you know, an absent father. Like, 
Kratos chose this, and he, after nine whole years, you can't even put your hand on his shoulder. Not only that, and Joel can do that after the end of Last of Us, like he's locked in for Ellie, like that's his daughter, basically. Kratos can't do that. Not only that, but I don't know if you guys remembered, but Kratos is a bad dad just for the fact that he's letting people, he's letting his kid murder people and not like reeling him in at all. Do you guys remember that scene in 2018 where Loki just starts going crazy, little psychopath starts stabbing gods and kicking them off ledges, and Kratos just stands there. He's just like, no, like, I'll, wait. I'll let him stab him and then I'll let him kick him off and then I'll be like, Oh, don't do that. Doesn't Slap he, on the doesn't he lecture him about Kratos, that afterwards? Kratos is, yeah, he, Kratos wasn't he, okay with that first day. He does, day. but then he, but then he's like, whatever. And Kratos gone. is like, we do, we did need those dudes killed. <laughs> he does. Yeah. I mean, exactly. These are both the world of God of War and the world of The Last of Us are both worlds where you can't really call morality for killing people. I don't think. Yeah, like they're attacking Look, him. I'm, like. It, I, now, if we're talking about dads, like I'd rather, I think that uh, Cole's a better dad than both of them. So we're not exactly talking about the the prime level dads here, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. They both have yeah. a lot. That's of a good question. You know? We yeah. don't. We, they both have a lot of faults with them. I'm only saying Kratos if we're not including like God of War one, like the original we're, we're God of War. We're not because hmm. we we start including that Kratos is a horrible father. Yeah, but. That's for another day. Right. I want to thank everybody for listening or watching the Dukes of Gaming podcast. Again, you can listen to us on your favorite podcast service. Watch us live on Twitch and watch us later on YouTube when you have the time. Leave a like, a review, a comment, anything to help support the show. You can even email us at the real Dukes of Gaming at Gmail. Have your question read live on air. Hit the bell as well to get notifications on when we release our latest videos. And again, I want to thank our special guest, Dave. Thank you for joining us this week, sir. Hey, yeah. thank you guys for inviting me on. This has been a blast. It has been an yeah, honor. Man, enjoyed can it. you tell everyone where they can follow you and everything? Yeah. So if you um, you're listening to this on a podcast app, just go ahead and tire, uh, search "Tales from the Backlog" and you'll find me. It's got a little uh, like caricatured picture of me uh, on there carrying a bunch of video games around. So um, you can find me on all podcast apps. And if you want to follow me on socials, um, I am more active on Twitter at tftblpod. Although who knows what's going to happen with Twitter in the coming weeks and months uh, but i do enjoy talking to people on twitter so come uh, come join me there also i'm on instagram at tales from the backlog um yeah uh reach out find a uh go to my go to my show find a game that either a game that you like uh, and know really well and just want to kind of relive with us or find a game that you've never played and you've been interested in uh, because that's kind of what my show is it's for you it's to explain why those games are special why they're worth playing without spoiling them for you. So uh, again, thank you guys for having me on. This has been such a good time. Uh, glad we could finally make this happen. Yeah, and I I'm can't wait too. for that Final Fantasy Nine. Your Final Fantasy Nine episode. It's coming. It's coming. Yep. <laughs> Stay tuned for that, everybody. We post everywhere, every week. So make sure you start your week right with the Dukes of Gaming podcast. And with all that being said, I bid thee there.